Our Bible reading today comes to us from Romans chapter 12, just a couple of verses, verses 1 and 2. The words are on the screen. Hear these words. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. The grass withers and the flowers fade, but the word of our Lord remains forever. Amen? Amen. Let us pray. God and Father, come. Come, Lord Jesus, come. Speak to us. Open our minds. Open our hearts. Help us to focus and to hear what it is that your Spirit is saying to the churches, even to Grace Church today. Oh, Lord, come. Have your way with us. Have thine own way, Lord. Have thine own way. Your will be done. In Jesus' name we pray it. And all God's people said, amen. Do we have any history buffs here today? Anybody kind of a student of history? A couple few of you. So, you know, it wasn't my favorite subject in school. I didn't do real well in history. Um, always had trouble kind of relating it to modern day kinds of things. But one of the things as I've gotten older that I really appreciate about history is learning a little bit more about critical battles and battlefields that have represented a kind of turning point in history, especially in American history. Like, for example, the Battle of Yorktown in 1781. Then when General George Washington marshaled French and Continental troops against British troops, a battle that helped end British rule here in America, part of the Revolutionary War. Or the Battle of Antietam of 1862 during the American Civil War, which led President Abraham Lincoln to later issue the preliminary Emancipation Proclamation in September of that same year. Of course, we cannot forget D-Day, in which Allied forces invaded Normandy and northwestern Europe and established a beachhead against the Germans on Omaha Beach on June 6, 1944, widely regarded as a major turning point in World War II. Today, we see battlefields in Ukraine and the Gaza Strip. Internal wars are raging in Haiti, Venezuela, and Mexico. Even the U.S. House of Representatives has become a kind of battlefield as of late. But the battlefield I want to talk to you about today is the battlefield between your ears, the battlefield of your mind. Do you know that there is a war raging right now over your thoughts, your thought life? It's said that an idle mind is the devil's playground. Your heart may be sealed for all eternity by the work and the blood of Jesus Christ, but your mind and your body can still come under attack by our common enemy, Satan, 
and his demons. And we see this today in the number of people that are battling depression or despairing attitudes or negative thinking or in the increasing rise of suicidal thoughts. We see this today in people battling addictions or habitual sin or repetitive harmful behaviors. Can't seem to kick the habit. We know people with obsessive compulsive disorders or debilitating mental health challenges just trying to get some relief. And maybe you, maybe you struggle with negative or anxious or tempting thoughts. Yeah, we like to say to each other, we're fine, I'm fine, everything's fine. But do you know what fine really stands for? Freaked out, insecure, neurotic, and emotional. Remember that movie, The Italian Job? I got that from that. So yeah, we're fine, all right. Everyone is engaged in a battle over the mind. Congratulations, you're human. Join the club. That's the bad news, but I didn't get up this morning to share with you bad news. I came to share good news, and I have some really good news for you today. Jesus Christ gives us the power to change your mind, to change how you think, to transform your thought life. Amen? Amen. Romans 12, verse 2, Paul says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now, why would the Apostle Paul exhort us to be transformed by the renewing of your mind if that renewing of the mind were not possible? Well, he wouldn't. In other words, there is a way to conquer negative thinking. There is a way to overcome depressive, addictive thoughts. There is a way to break the strongholds of your brain that hold you back, put you down, and keep you stuck in life. There is a way to manage your mind and think healthy, holy thoughts that are pleasing to God and helpful to you. Anyone here interested in having some better mental health and managing your mind? I want to share with you three daily habits to cultivate a healthy and holy mind. And a couple of these concepts are based on an article I read a long, long time ago by Rick Warren. But I want to share with you three daily habits. Number one, feed your mind with truth. Just say it with me. Feed your mind with truth. In John 8, verses 31 and 32, Jesus says, If you hold to my teaching, you are my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Friends, behind every sin is a lie, a lie straight from Satan. Lies hold us in bondage. Whenever you agree with Satan in your thought life and concede to his lies, acting accordingly, living out that lie, you are putting yourself in bondage, in addiction, in idolatry, in a demonic stronghold. And every time you reach for the bottle or use pornography or indulge in gossip or engage in worry, you are living a lie. And lies kill. In John 10.10, we read that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy, and by the looks of it across this nation, he's doing a pretty good job of it. But Jesus goes on to say also in John 10.10, I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. And Galatians 5.1 says that we have been set free. Do not become a slave again 
to the law. That freedom, that abundance in Jesus Christ is ours to claim. The truth of God and God's Word will set you free. We all know the importance of bodily nutrition. Good calories help us grow stronger and give you more energy. Bad calories harm your body and make you fat and tired. The same is true of your thoughts. For a healthy thought life, you need to feed your mind with truth, not poison or junk, and certainly not Jerry Springer TV. Jesus tells us about healthy mind food when he rebukes Satan in Matthew 4.4. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God, but that is God's word. Regarding his word, Psalm 19 tells us, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. I like that. How are you doing at feeding your mind with the truth? Are you engaged in kind of a daily Bible reading plan of some sort? Do you, do you have some daily devotions where you open up that Word of God every single day and feed your mind, just like you would feed your body, maybe three meals a day, maybe you read the Bible at least once, if not more, times per day. Feed your mind the truth of God's Word. Read it, study it, join a small group, meditate on it, memorize it, live it. And friends, don't be confused by opinion and speculation. A lot of what we hear on some of the TV shows and news shows and some of the cable shows is nothing more than commentary, conspiracy, and spin. Don't believe everything you read on social media. Don't fall for everything that every presidential candidate tells you. There's opinion, commentary, speculation, and truth. Don't get them mixed up. Feed your mind the truth. The Bible is truth. Let the promises of God guide you in your life. Feed your mind the truth. That's number one. Number two, free your mind from negative thoughts. Say it with me. Free your mind from negative thoughts. The old King James Version of Proverbs 23, 7 says, For as a man thinketh in his heart, so he is. I just love that. Your life, friends, will always gravitate toward your most dominant thoughts. If I wake up in the morning thinking about chocolate cake and I repeat that thought over and over again, guess what? By the end of the day, I'm probably going to have some chocolate cake. Your mind gravitates toward your most dominant thoughts. You've heard the expression, you are what you eat. Well, it's also true, you are what you think, or at least you are becoming what you think. As I said earlier, your mind is a battleground. There's a war raging between good, godly, holy, and healthy thoughts based on truth versus bad, ungodly, negative, and destructive thoughts based on fear, anxiety, and lies. So stop feeding your mind negative, angry, silly ideas, sometimes with no basis in reality whatsoever. We all have an intensely negative imagination. Have you ever noticed that? How easy it is to imagine the worst. And too often our minds are held hostage. They're a prisoner to these negative thoughts. And the fact is your mind needs to be liberated. 
Most of us were told a lot of lies, even when we were growing up, maybe things that were untrue about yourself, maybe from friends or family members or from social media, maybe from advertisers and marketers or sometimes even from churches or pastors. Every day you go to battle against Satan, your old nature, your fearful nature, the value system of this world. How do we fight this battle? We're engaged in this every day of our lives. Well, thankfully, God gives us some weapons. 2 Corinthians 10 tells us the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish the knowledge of God and we take captive every thought to make it obedient. Say it with me. We take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And lies become strongholds, the things we tell ourselves. Oh, he or she's out to get me. You know, he or she doesn't like me. They have it in for me. Or I'm doomed. I just know it. Oh, that, that pain in my side, it must be a disease, probably cancer. Oh, so-and-so wants to call me. It must be bad news. If anything can go wrong, it probably will. I mean, this is going to be bad. God is punishing me. I just know it. Everything and everyone is against me can't believe this is happening to me. No, stop it. Paul says, take every thought captive. Get a hold of it. Make it obedient to Jesus Christ. Stop catastrophizing in your thinking, thinking the worst. In other words, subject that thought to the light and truth of Jesus Christ, his word. Say, no, I know that I'm loved. I am secure in God. Whatever happens, I'm going to be okay. Even if it doesn't go my way or bad things come to me, I know that God has got me in the palm of his hand. He's holding on to me. I'm going to be all right. I don't have to worry about pleasing other people. I have God's approval. If I please God, that's good. That's enough. Even if the earth trembles, the Lord is my rock and my refuge. Combat those destructive thoughts with positive ones. Make up your mind to take negative thoughts captive. Don't let them take root or become a stronghold in your life. Dismiss those destructive thoughts immediately. Just flush them away. Just because a thought pops into your mind doesn't mean you have to think it or dwell on it or give it credence. The best time to defeat temptation and negative thinking is before it even starts. Feed your mind with the truth. Free your mind from negative thoughts. And thirdly, focus your mind on the right things. Paul wrote in Philippians 4, 8, Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. There's eight things right there to focus your mind on. In other words, train your brain to think positive thoughts. There's always negativity around you. There's always negativity in the world. There's plenty of wrong to focus on if you let yourself. But Paul says, no, you're believers in Jesus. You take a different approach. Focus on the good. Galatians 5.23 mentions self-control. 
as one of the fruits of the Spirit. We often think of love and joy and peace and patience. Those, those are the ones that are listed right away, but self-control is a little further down on the list, and that self-control pertains not only to controlling my, my actions or my, my appetites, but it also, control, it also means controlling my thoughts. As believers in Jesus, we have the power to control your thoughts. In fact, you must control them, or the world will. Your brain is not a runaway train. Get a hold of it. You have the power to control your thoughts and to manage your mind. And Paul lists these eight good things to focus on in Philippians 4, 8. Let me give you a few more, <laughs> just three more. You might want to fill these in on your outline as we go. Another thing to focus on, think about Jesus. Just think about Jesus. If your life is gravitating toward your most dominant thoughts, and our goal as believers is to become more like Jesus, then, duh, think about Jesus. Meditate on Him. Focus on Him. In what ways? What specific ways? I thought of four of them. Think of Jesus as a model to imitate. Hebrews 12, verses 2 through 3 tell us that we should fix our eyes on Jesus. Let us fix our eyes on Him, the author and perfecter of our faith. It says, consider Him, consider Jesus who endured such opposition. But He didn't give up, and neither should you, says the author of Hebrews. So think of Jesus as a model to imitate or to emulate. Number two, think of Jesus as a mediator of God's love. If you ever doubt and wonder whether God loves you, take a look at Jesus. Read the Gospels. See his healing ministry at work. God loves me. Think about the love that Jesus has for you, love that sent him all the way to the cross. Romans 8 tells us that nothing should separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Thirdly, think of Jesus as a man who understands. Hebrews 4 verse 15 tells us that we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with us, but no, we have one who has been tempted or tried in every way just as we have, yet is without sin. In other words, Jesus, God through Jesus, understands your trials and your temptations he understands your pain, your suffering, and your heartache. He knows what you're going through. And so sometimes when you feel all alone, when you feel like you're the only one, that this is all happening to you, and it's some misfortune or some divine plan, no, realize that Jesus has walked that road too. He knows what you're going through, what you're feeling, what your frustrations are, so think of Jesus as a model, as a mediator, as a man who understands. And fourthly, think of Jesus as a Messiah who died. A Messiah who died. In John chapter 1, uh, John the Baptist points to Jesus and he says, Behold the Lamb of God 
who takes away the sins of the world. He was the sacrificial lamb that God gave for you and me, that we might have life in him, that we shall not die but have everlasting life for all who believe in Jesus. So think about Jesus. Think about who he is, what he's done. Number two, think about others. Everything in this world teaches you to think about yourself and no one else. But the Bible tells us that life is not about us. The way to true life is in giving your life away for others. Paul writes in Philippians 2, 4, each of you should look not only to your own interest, but also to the interests of others. And in today's world, that is sometimes the hardest thing to do. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. Think about others. Think about your neighbors. When you get your mind off from yourself and all your problems and you start thinking about others and their needs and their concerns, uh, their interests, even their dreams, you kind of forget about your own problems for a while and life takes on a bit of a new meaning. So think about Jesus. Think about others. Think about eternity. Think about eternity. I think it was the late Ruvie Mailer, who some of you uh, remember here from this church. She was a, a, a member, lived right over here, came. She was so faithful for so many years. Um, and she had a saying, some of you might remember it, but she would say, well, this too will pass. This too will pass. It's not original, I don't think, with Ruvie. Um, she had other sayings too. Um, she would always say in regard to work that you couldn't get done. She'd say, well, there's always another day coming. And if there isn't, it ain't going to matter. <laughs> I always liked that one. But Ruby had a way of keeping things in perspective. She almost had this kind of eternal view of things. This too will pass. One day all the craziness and chaos of this world will disappear. One day all the hurts and heartaches of this life will vanish. And we need to remember this. Life is about more than the here and now. You know, too often we have this short-term thinking, a nearsightedness. We live our lives focused only on the things that we see today, the things that are right in front of us. But the author of Colossians 3, 2 says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. In other words, live with an eternal perspective, a long-term perspective. One of my favorite passages comes, to, uh, comes from Revelation 21. You know it's the vision that God gave John of a, of a new life, a new world. And in this vision he describes in Revelation 21, the first four verses, he said, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his God, and God himself will be with them and be their God. That's amazing in and of itself. Let that sink in. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. I love that. Whatever struggles you go through now in this life will pale in comparison to your heavenly home. 
Paul said in Romans 8, 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not even worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. And when we focus on eternity, today's problems seem to shrink. When we magnify God, my problems become small. So may we keep an eternal perspective. This too will pass. Think about Jesus. Think about others. Think about eternity. Like it or not, your mind is a battlefield every day. Your thoughts have tremendous power and control over the direction of your life. So may we arm ourselves with these three basic daily habits. Feed your mind the truth, the truth of God's Word, His promises. Hang on to those. Free your mind of negative, destructive thoughts. Flush them down the toilet. Get rid of them. Focus your mind on the right things. Anybody here like football? Huh? Plan on watching some football this afternoon? Okay, I don't know. When do the Chiefs play? You know, I'll ask Judy about that one. She'll know. So, well, if you played football or any sport for that matter, what, would, you rather, would you rather your team be on offense or defense? Probably most of us would say offense because that's where you score the points, right? I mean, defense, yeah, you, sometimes you get a pick six or they recover a fumble and run it in, you know. We won't talk about yesterday's Iowa game. Okay, sorry. But we'd probably rather play offense, right? Because 90% of the time, the offense is what scores. They, they, they get the points, you know. Friends, it's time to play offense in your thinking. It's time to get proactive about your thought life. I read an article a while back uh, from Jeff Henderson, and he said a friend had shared with him, he said, you know what you need to do, and it, it, it's something I want to share with you. It becomes my challenge to you and me too. And that is to predetermine maybe three thoughts, maybe just one thought, but predetermine your thoughts. Think, predetermine ahead of time what you need to focus on. And I would just invite you this week, this is your homework, okay? You thought you were just going to come here and leave. No, you've all got homework to do this week. Think of three thoughts, write them down, that you can focus on when you feel your mind wandering, when you feel maybe being tempted or pulled away in a, in a negative or harmful direction, uh, when you find yourself filled with worry and anxiety or fearful, you direct your thought. Just flip the switch, pull the circuit breaker, and direct your thoughts toward three predetermined thoughts. Maybe, the, maybe Jesus is one of those, as I mentioned. Maybe just thinking about Jesus, what he went through, what he did for you, his love. Okay? Maybe it's a Bible verse, a certain promise. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, or he who is in me is greater than he who is in the world, whatever. You choose a favorite Bible verse, yours. Okay, Maybe that's another thought. Maybe another thought is like a favorite destination, like your happy place. All right? Maybe, you know, like for me, maybe that's Waikiki Beach. you know, uh, Or maybe it's just something I'm thinking about uh, in my boyhood with my brother Larry, going down to the, hiking down to the river, uh, across the road, back behind, down in the fields, about a quarter, half a mile away, and going sucker fishing uh, during spring break, and just being on the bank in the sun, and, and uh, making a little fire, and frying some hot dogs for a little, we had a great time, and you know, just coming back to my childhood, a time of innocence, a time of purity, 
Um, just maybe whatever it is for you, I don't know. But I want to invite you to think about three things. Kind of predetermine your thinking. When you find yourself wandering or going off track, just, okay, oh, hold it. No, I'm going to dwell on this, not that. Make sense? Focus your thoughts. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. You ever wonder, where, where do I go? Which way do I go? What does God want me to do? This will help you. God's good, perfect, and pleasing will for you. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for an opportunity to hear your word proclaimed today and what a joy to, to bring it. Uh, Lord, we thank you that you give us power to control our thinking, that we're not just victims here in this life, that our brain is not a runaway train, uh, that our thought life doesn't have to be just willy-nilly, whatever pops into it, but we can be proactive. We can predetermine positive thoughts, good thoughts to think, thoughts that point us to you and keep us holy and healthy. So, Lord, come. Work in us. Help us. May we not conform any longer to the pattern of this world. May we think on a higher plane. For some of us, it means thinking all new thoughts. For some of us, it is the challenge of getting a hold of our, of our brain and harnessing it for good. So, Lord, thank you that we are not victims of circumstance. We have the power and the ability to renew our minds through your word, through your truth, by your grace. In Jesus' name we pray it. Amen.